Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org. Radio.org. Now, here's our show today. Early in his ministry, as recorded in chapters 9 and 10, the prophet Ezekiel had seen the glory of Jehovah depart from the temple and even from the earth. It was the gross sin of the people, the abominations, the whoredom, the carcasses, and the degradation that caused the Lord's glory to depart. But after receiving the vision of the completion of the building of the temple in chapter 43, Ezekiel saw another vision, this time a vision of the glory of Jehovah returning to the earth and filling the temple. This is Ezekiel chapter 43, verses 1 through 5. Then he brought me to the gate, that is, the gate that faces toward the east, and the glory of the God of Israel was there, and his voice was like the sound of many waters, and the earth was illuminated with his glory. And it was like the appearance of the vision which I saw, that is, like the vision that I had seen when he came to destroy the city, and the visions were like the vision that I had seen by the river Kibar. And I fell on my face, and the glory of Jehovah came into the house through the gate which faced toward the east. And the Spirit took me up and brought me into the inner court, and just then the glory of Jehovah filled the house." Following the vision of the glory of the Lord filling the house, the Lord had many things to say to Ezekiel, as he also does to us concerning his house. The question is, do we have ears to hear and eyes to see the house of God? Bob Danker has joined us as we come down the home stretch, Bob, of our life study of Ezekiel, and we're really hitting a high peak here, aren't we? We certainly are, uh, Chris. We're hitting the high peak of Ezekiel, and I would say the high peak of the entire Bible. Unfortunately, this is a peak which many Christians are unfamiliar with. So we hope that during this broadcast, we could really see something concerning God's need and God's desire related to his house. Uh, it, there's no um, getting around the fact, I think, in a few moments here as we begin to uh, enjoy these uh, portions from Witness Lee sharing back in all oh, the early 1970s we realized right away he was very uh, strong in his spirit and had much burden as he touched this point of God's house and the need of God's people uh, to be filled with a realization of the import, uh, the necessity of this matter. 
And I think in Witness Lee's speaking, also I think when we read the pages of the Bible itself, also the feeling of Ezekiel at the time, the tragedy of the fact that so many of God's people have no idea concerning his house, do they, Bob? That's right, Chris. This is indeed a tragedy. Bob, uh, we've already read these first few verses that give us the proper context. Uh, let's join Witness Lee with this first portion, and then we'll be back for more fellowship. After the completion of the building of the house, what happened? First of all, the glory of the Lord came back. You know, Ezekiel, in his early ministry, he saw how the glory of the Lord left. The Lord was not so happy to leave. Yet, he was forced to leave. So, he stayed at the threshold of the temple, showing his unwillingness to leave. He was lingering. He was hesitating. Yet, he had to leave because he was forced by the abominations, whoredom, carcasses, degradation of the people. But now, hallelujah, the glory came back. Now, we have to find out why he came back? Because the building of the temple was completed. And this is a main point. Oh, how much the Lord desires to come back to this earth. Yet he needs a place to put his soles of his feet. And this place is just his habitation on this earth. You know, brothers, the subtlety of the enemy through all the centuries would not allow us, the Christians, to know anything about the building. You know, Christianity has been stressing the matter of salvation so much. And uh, even... To some extent, the matter of spirituality also. But never the matter of the building. And this is why the Lord has burdened us with this one thing. The building, the building, the building, the building. What is the building? That is the church. Brother Watchman Nee, he was fully committed by the Lord with the burden for the church. And he also was burdened for the building of the church. There is the need of the inner life. So the Lord gave him a lot, lot of messages on the inner life. Not for people just to be individually spiritual, but for the building up of the church. Brother Bob, been given this example here at the end. Of course, the, the point is profound and it's significant, but I'm going to pick up his example because it means something to me from my own early days as a believer. I got introduced to the writings of Watchman Nee. This is in the early 1970s, and of course, his writings were very prevalent in those days. Easy to find in all the Christian bookstores. Great books, The Normal Christian Life, Sit, Walk, Stand, uh, What Shall This Man Do, Song of Songs. But I was surprised later on to find there was another whole body of his ministry that you couldn't find in the bookstores. All the th- books that he wrote concerning the church, the house of God, this matter of the building, really indicates that the enemy struggles against this to the uttermost, doesn't he? 
That's right, Chris. Uh, Actually, if we read the entire Bible, we will see that a major, major point in the Bible from the beginning to the end is the matter of God's building, that God has a desire that all his chosen people will be built together with him into one organic building. And of course, this building requires that we receive God into us as our life. It requires that we have the divine life because it's an organic divine building in life. Nothing can build us together except God's eternal life. So the Lord burdened Brother Nee with this matter of the inner life, and he's burdened many believers in the recent, uh, say, century with the matter of the inner life because life is crucial for the Christians not only to live a proper Christian life, but even more it's crucial to realize God's eternal goal, that is, to have his building, to gain a building of his people into a corporate expression and dwelling place for him. Bob, what we're really seeing in these messages, and particularly this one uh, in this life study, is a kind of a destruction of the myth that what God is after is perfect Christian behavior or some advanced level of spirituality in and of itself. These things, in a sense, don't misunderstand, but these things pale to the importance of God gaining this corporate expression, this building, this dwelling place, this place, as we'll see in this next portion, where he can put the soles of his feet. What an expression. It is a marvelous expression, Chris, and you are right. All these things related to spirituality, although they are not insignificant, they are, they pale in comparison to this matter of the building. God does not want a great number of individually spiritual persons. God wants all these uh, spiritual ones, those who live in their mingled spirit, to become one building. And this is the goal of God from eternity past, and this is where the Bible ends with the New Jerusalem. This New Jerusalem is the building that God desired from eternity in the past. Bob, let's continue the reading here in chapter 43. Uh, Pick it up at verse 6 now. And I heard someone speaking to me out of the house, and a man stood beside me. And he said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. And the house of Israel will no longer defile my holy name. Now let them put away their fornication and the dead bodies of their kings far from me, and I will dwell in their midst forever. How clear could it be, God's desire to have a dwelling place in, with, and among his people, Bob? Here's Witness Lee for our next portion. Then eventually we are told that the house, even the inner temple, was filled with the glory of the Lord. Now, hallelujah. Listen, now the Lord came back. You tell me, came back to where? Came back to the earth. He came back to the earth. When he left, he went back to the heavens because he lost He's standing on the earth. And what is his standing on the earth? The building up of his house. The building up of the church. 
a build that up church is the standing on this earth for the Lord to come back to this earth. By this time, Ezekiel saw the glory. Wonderful. The glory of the Lord. But listen, at the same time, she saw a man standing by him. In verse 7. Oh, the man stood by me. He not only saw the glory of the Lord, he saw the Lord as a man. The man stood by me. And he said unto me, Son of man, the place of my throne. Tell me, who is this man? Who is this Jesus? God himself. My. I saw the glory of the Lord and fell upon my face. And he held me to be up. Then I saw a man standing by me. Who is this man? You read on. And he, the man, said to me, The place of my throne. Oh, the place of my throne and the place of the source of my feet. Could you imagine? The Lord of hosts, the almighty God, should say we're so human. Oh, the place of the souls, S-O-L-E-S, of my feet. Bob, uh, from this passage, we see uh, two things are present here in this vision. Once the glory returns and fills the house of God, uh, the place of his throne and the place for the soles of his feet. These are both very significant, but we're going to save the significance of these to our final portion. I just felt like it's uh, uh, too wonderful uh, to, to just appreciate this and uh, even enter into this intimate kind of feeling that the Lord is expressing to Ezekiel about how he feels about his house and being able to refill it. Marvelous. Actually, this is a very intimate expression. Here the Lord, who is God, Jehovah, as a man. Yeah. Of course, we know that Jehovah as a man is Jesus. Right. And this Jesus in the four Gospels is so lovable and lovely. He is such a precious person, God himself in humanity. And we know that he walked on the earth, and he put the soles of his feet on the ground, <laughs> in a sense. But here in Ezekiel, we're not talking about this. We're talking about the desire in God's heart to have a place on the earth where he can walk, where he can put the soles of his feet. And, of course, he did walk on the earth as a man after his incarnation, but now he's in the third heavens, seated at the right hand of God. But he wants to have a place on the earth where he can walk. Actually, this place is the church. Where does the Lord walk today? He walks, he moves in and through the church as his body. And the church, we know, is something of God's building. It is the building of God with his chosen ones. It is in the church as God's building, as God's house, and as the body of Christ that the Lord can place the soles of his feet and can walk about and move on the earth. 
it seems, Bob, this is um, implying something we all, I think, can relate to. At the end of a long day, we all are uh, somewhat spent, and we find our way back to the place where we know uh, we can comfortably put the soles of our feet, and that becomes the place where we look forward to getting our rest and even our greatest satisfactions in such a place. And this is another aspect, isn't it, of what the church means and is to the Lord. That's right. The church is a place where the Lord can rest and have satisfaction, where he can put the soles of his feet right here on this earth. And this is such a precious expression. It really is. Uh, And I think also serves to uh, somewhat lift up our view and our vision and our appreciation of this building, the house of God. Okay, let's go on to the third portion here, Bob. Uh, I'm just going to read uh, two more verses from Ezekiel, this time from chapter 41, verses 18 and 19. You, O son of man, describe the house to the house of Israel, that they may feel humiliated because of their iniquities, and let them measure the pattern. Make known to them the design of the house, the arrangement, its exits, its entrances, its whole design and all its statutes, indeed its whole design and all its laws, and write them down in their sight. This is the law of the house. Its entire area on the top of and all around the mountain shall be most holy. Indeed, this is the law of the house. Bob, another kind of law here. We're not talking about the law of the Ten Commandments, even the ordinances of the Jewish religion of the Old Testament, but the uh, burden here. Son of man, he says, show the house or describe the house to the house. Really, that's somewhat what we're endeavoring to do today, isn't it? That's right. God's house becomes a law to God's people. All right. Here's Witness Lee with our last portion. Well, still something. The throne is for the government, the administration, the kingdom. And the souls of the faith are for the move. This is the praise of my government. This is the praise that I can administrate. And this is all the praise that I can move. Without this temple, I have no base for my administration. And I have no base on this earth for my move. Not only so. And this is the praise where I shall dwell for rest, for satisfaction. It is not only for my administration, for my government, for my kingdom, not only for my move, for my movement, for my moving, but this is a place also for my rest and satisfaction. Now listen, the Lord started to instruct Ezekiel. Son of man, you have to realize you are different from Moses. With Moses, I just asked him to teach my people the law, the Ten Commandments. But now, son of man, I don't ask you to do that. I'm through with that. Now I ask you to show my house to them. From now on, you just keep the law that is not good enough. You have to keep the form, the fashion, the ordinances, the statutes, and the laws. You have to behave according to my house. Not just to behave yourself according to the Ten Commandments. Now you have to behave yourself according to my what? House. Today, 
It is not a matter to behave yourself, to do things, not to do things. Today, it is even not a matter of being spiritual. Today, it is a matter of what? Of fainting in the house. Son of man, show my house to the house of Israel. They have to make themselves according to my house. The place of the soles of my feet. The place where I can dwell for rest and satisfaction. Bob, again, this we've spoken already. It's not a matter of our behavior. It's not a matter even of our spirituality. Now we're seeing what it is a matter of. It's another, it's a higher kind of living, isn't it? A kind of living that is according to his house. You've got to help us with this phrase because this is, I think, a new thought and new language to many people. It really is, Chris. We always think that what God wants is a people who will uh, live according to God's righteous requirements and they will become God's expression. They will live uh, in a way that pleases God. But actually, God's heart as we have said many times already, is really for his house. So God cares not only how we live according to his moral requirements, but also how we live in relation to the house of God, which in the New Testament is the church. So our living in relation to the church is more important to God, in a sense, than our living in relation to God's moral law. Of course, If we're spiritual and we live in our spirit, we walk in our mingled spirit where the Holy Spirit of God dwells, we will live a moral life. We certainly won't live a sinful life. We'll live a moral life. In a sense, we'll live a life that expresses God, and that's wonderful. But if we are not right in relation to the church, in relation to the pattern of the church and the principles related to the church as the body of Christ, then... We are not fulfilling the highest requirements of God. And when Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3.15, he mentioned this matter of how Timothy should conduct himself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. The church is the highest test of our genuine spirituality. If we are not right in our relationship to the church, then we are not genuinely spiritual, even though we may be moral and apparently a spiritual person. We have to go to a higher level. We have to see something higher and come up to God's standard, which is the standard of the measurement of God's house. He used a phrase here that I made a note of. It struck me and said, uh, it's a matter of fitting in the house. Uh, And it reminded me of Paul's word in Ephesians where he talks about the need of all of us to be fitted and joined together. Um, We're in this fitting process, aren't we, Bob? This means there's some work needs to be done on us in order to be able to fit in God's house. That's right. That's very good, Chris. Fitting into God's house is not just a relationship to God's law, but it's our relationship to the other members, to the other believers, whether we are fitted into the house of God and are living in oneness, in harmony, and in coordination with all the members of the body of Christ. Well, we've got just a couple of messages left to conclude this life study of Ezekiel. Uh, It will be on this matter of the house through the very end and some outstanding things still to come related to the house. 
But I like this word today. I like this message because it gives us a kind of a vision and it somewhat shocks us, I think, into reconsidering our vision. And we need to be like Ezekiel, those who are beholding the glory of the Lord, filling the house of God. This uh, should be our destiny, right? Amen, Brother Chris. Good to have you, Bob. And I don't know if we'll have a chance to come together again as we continue uh, and finish up in Ezekiel, but uh, hopefully soon we'll share the microphone again. You can call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Or you can write to us, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or send email to radio at lsm.org. That's all the time we have today. For Bob Danker, I'm Chris Wilde. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you'd like to read the works of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, just visit our website, ministrybooks.org. From there, you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online free of charge. Witness Lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker, Watchman Nee as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70-plus years of ministry and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible. But they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life. Again, this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org. If you have questions or comments about this ministry or the program you heard today, email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.